What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Education Show, where we talk entrepreneurship, we talk mindset, and we talk life experiences to help you level up and become the best version of yourself. Doing things a bit differently today, I'm actually recording this episode and posting it right away on Monday. It's been a different feel here in Colombia. I'm like in the middle of the jungle, as I've been saying, and this is meant to be like, it's been the past two years have just been nonstop for me. I just want to take a month to unplug and of course, stay doing everything I have to do with my business, doing the podcast, doing what I got to do, but kind of just take a step back and kind of take a mental retreat, which has been excellent. But you know, there's there's some issues that come along with living in the jungle, which include <laughs> which include not having the best Wi-Fi at times, not being able to do some certain things that I'm so used to just being able to do at any moment. Uh, back home. So it's been a challenge to overcome and definitely a a hurdle, but still making this happen, still bringing this to you guys. I wanted to make sure that I brought you an excellent episode today. It's been unfortunate because I tried to do multiple interviews while I'm out here and the Wi-Fi just won't won't allow me to do it. So uh, just bear with me. I'm, I'm here for a couple more weeks coming back to the States. But honestly, guys, I've been to 20 something countries now, maybe like 26 or 27. I'd have to count and look. I don't think I've ever been to any place that compares to Colombia, and I feel like it's really sad because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about this country because I think one of the first things especially Americans think about when they think of Colombia is like Pablo Escobar and the drug cartels and the violence, and I couldn't say like enough that this place is probably my favorite place that I've ever been to in the world, and I think you'll see coming up this year. I'm not going to go back into the middle of the jungle. I'll probably go into Medellin and get a place with stable Wi-Fi (laughs) that I can conduct business from. But I'm pretty sure you're going to see me here at least three months a year, maybe six. I don't know. It's just everything about it. What's really cool, we're in the same time zone as New York, so it doesn't mess up your schedule. The weather is amazing. Our dollar has probably like three to four times buying power here. Um, The people are incredible. Like I haven't had one bad experience here with the people. They're so accommodating and everyone pretty much just speaks Spanish and they're so accommodating to the people who come in who only speak English and I, I, I'm working on my Spanish. I'm getting there. I used to speak Italian, uh, but working on that, it's just it's just an incredible place and I've really loved it here. Mentally, it's been such a great retreat, but need to get back into having that, <laughs> that consistent Wi-Fi and just ability to do the work that I need to do. But anyway, yeah, it's been been wild. We actually, this week, a lot of you guys saw on my Instagram, we're, we're staying on this lake and to get to where we're staying, you have to take a taxi and it's this long, like really bumpy well, dirt road, very sketchy, takes so long to get down. So we're like, we should just rent a boat so that we can just go to the places we need to go on the lake and it'll be way easier, save us a lot of time and you know we won't have to pay for the taxes every time we need to go into town. So we, we looked into it and we realized if we rent a boat the whole time, it would just make sense to buy one now and then sell it when we leave. But then we figured out if we buy the boat <laughs> that there's a company here that will literally just take care of it for us and rent it out for us. So 
essentially we think in like 12 to 24 months this boat is going to be free. And I just wanted to mention that in this podcast because I've always said I'd never buy a boat. And originally <laughs> this was just a move to save a little bit of money from renting and then we would just flip it. But then like this opened up a whole new idea. We're going to see how this boat goes, but we, you might be looking at a boat rental empire fleet that we assemble here in Columbia if this goes well, because we saw the prices that you can get for renting out a boat. We got a pretty nice one and we're going to see how it plays out. So crazy. I mean, the friends I'm with, that, that's why you got to surround yourself with people who are like-minded because most friends, people would be like, you're out of your damn mind, but I'm around a lot of business-oriented people um, with some investment bankers that that just understand that we can turn this thing into income. And so it was pretty funny how that whole thing played out. So now I guess I own a boat in, in Columbia, <laughs> which is a pretty good conversation piece. But yeah, it's it's just been such an incredible experience, guys. And if you haven't, I very highly recommend you to come check out this country. It is incredible. You won't regret it. And honestly, I don't want to leave. It might take someone prying me out with a crowbar <laughs> to go. Once I'm in a stable place with, with internet and everything functioning properly, this is my spot. So I've enjoyed every moment. Um, and today, I want to get into my episode. So I brought some books down with me. I've been doing some good reading. And I just finished this book called Contagious. Uh, the subtitle is Why Things Catch On by Jonah Berger. And I, this year, especially with brand masters and everything that we're building, I've, through experience and, and just through the nature of what I've done, learned a lot about branding, but I've never been really intentional about studying it through books and videos and stuff like that. So this year, I'm really picking up learning the fundamentals of branding. Like, And I've done it just from trial and error and figuring out what works for me, but kind of trying to figure out like the science behind it. I'm, I was a math major in college. I like to know like the formula, the equation to make things work. And this book had six components and six steps to viral marketing that I want to share with you today because I found some of them very interesting. I'm not going to go in super into depth like he does in the book on everything. I'm kind of just going to go over the main points he talks about and give you my take on them and how I feel they apply to going viral, getting getting your message out there, getting people to talk about you. So there's six steps, right? The six are social currency. The second is triggers. The third is emotion. The fourth is being public. The fifth is practical value. And the sixth is stories. So we're going to start in social uh, currency. And I'm going to take it a step further than he does in the book because I was thinking about it a lot and, and just the idea of social currency and social capital makes so much sense to me and I've experienced it big time, especially this past year. So social currency, there's a few things to think about. The first is what makes our brand remarkable? An example he uses in the book is, um, I think it's called Blendtec, the blender company that we're struggling. They're a blender. There's nothing too exciting about a blender, right? People aren't hopping out of bed, like throwing their credit card at you to buy a blender. Um, pretty much every day because I don't think people really understand the difference between a lot of them. So this company, I believe it was Blendtec, started taking YouTube videos of just putting random shit in their blenders, like blending iPhones, blending marbles, blending like garden rakes. And you, you guys have probably seen these videos, but they started this campaign where they're just blending crazy shit. I think they called it Will It Blend and immediately went viral on YouTube because it caught people's attention. It was remarkable. They're like, wow, this blender can blend an iPhone. It can blend marbles. And it got people to start purchasing it. And, and it, you see this all the time. It's like, what makes our brand remarkable? There's another example, like 
just showing people the difference. I personally, my wallet is ginormous. I don't know why I carry like every single credit card I have, every ID, like it's just ridiculous and people make fun of me for it all the time, but it's cool. (laughs) But I saw an ad of a fat ass wallet and then this company's skinnier wallet that will conserve space in your pocket. And you look at that and you're like, wow, that's crazy. Like, and, and it fits a similar amount of items. It's just way thinner. It's those little things, guys, that like what makes your brand and your product remarkable? And you can take the most boring things like a blender um, or you can do it with really any business or any product. But think about that to yourself. When, you're, when your brand and, mark, and your product is remarkable, that gives it social currency and that gets people to buy it and to talk about it. A second one that I really liked in the social currency chapter, which is what we strive to do across the board is like what makes people feel like insiders? What makes them feel special? What makes them feel like they are um, above the average human really? And I learned a lot about this in the club space and and club promoting. People will pay absurd amounts of money that don't even make sense to buy tables and bottle service. And I've done it too. I, I love getting bottles and tables because of... For me, I like to think that it's because I like to have my own space and my own section. I don't like getting bumped on and sweat on and drinks spilled on by drunk idiots. And I like having that own space. But a big driver for people doing that is they want to look like the man. They want to walk in the club, get escorted to a table, have the bottles come out with the fireworks on them, right? Like almost set the whole fucking place on fire because it makes them feel like an insider or important. And there's a lot of things that do this. There's special clubs where you get special deals in, within businesses. Um, in the book, he talks about this this uh, private bar in New York City, I believe. It says, do not tell. And it's like you go into this place. It's a normal place. And there's a telephone booth. You dial certain numbers and it allows you into this private bar. So it makes you feel special. It makes you feel like an insider. How can you do that? And I've, I've applied this to my brand, The Hustle Prevails, by doing personalized cards with my order, right? I pretty much every single person who orders, I send a personal message to, to thank them. I make them feel special and feel like above average by wearing the brand. So what can you do? Can you add uh, a special group, offer something special, give exclusive access to some of your items to people that are your customers? Because this goes a long way in growing the social currency because when you do that people want to share about it they want to brag about it they feel cool they go and tell their friends oh we just dropped 5k on bottle service and yada 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 this happened all these people were looking at us they want to share that story that's social currency so what can you do to make people feel special the third part what I wanted to touch on kind of on a personal level that wasn't really included in the book is I started thinking about this idea of social currency and social capital and I have a lot of friends who are very successful, but do it on the low. Like they don't share their success. They're grinding and silent. They have really large successful businesses, but they don't really put themselves out there. And a lot of them have more successful businesses than I do, but I've been very public about how I live, like through Instagram, through my podcast. But the biggest one has been my book. As soon, and I've noticed this, and I, I've said this before. Before I wrote the book, I I was still that person. I had all the information I shared. I experienced everything that I shared, but I took the time to write a book and put it together and publish the book. And now when people find out I'm an author, 
I elevate in their head, like just in terms of how they think of me, my social currency elevates, the social capital I have has grown. And and so now I have more social currency. And, and, and that's one of the most valuable things you can have. If you have that, look, I mean, look at the people who make the most amount of money. They're the people with the most social currency, the athletes, the top level entrepreneurs, the singers, the, the actors, the actresses, celebrities, they have so much social currency. And that's one of the most important things you can have is that influence and, and just that perception of being important because people are drawn to you when you do that. So we were making a joke, but I pulled out my book the other night because someone asked me about it. And it was like immediately the the way that people looked at me and perceived me shot through the roof. And I gained so much credibility in their eyes because of that social currency. So not only with your, with your brand, your personal brand as well, you should focus on building social currency and social capital because it will get you a long, long way. The second part that um, is, is crucial to viral marketing, according to Jonah Berger, and I agree with this, is triggers. So basically, if you have a product that there's a trigger that occurs that gets them to do something, and this, if you read the book, uh, The Power of Habit, they talk about this, this habit loop and a trigger's part of it. And basically, if you put in the right trigger, you're going to form a habit. And if the habit, the action to, to form the habit can be your product or service, your product is going to stick around and it's going to be shared a lot. But what's a trigger that can make someone think about your product? One of the most common examples is when we think about peanut butter, we think about jelly. Uh, one of the coolest examples I've seen, though, I can't remember what book I read this in. It might have been The Power of Habit. But it talked about how toothpaste got popular because toothpaste wasn't a popular thing. Oral hygiene wasn't really a cool thing back back in even like the early 1900s. And uh, they started, Colgate started this marketing campaign where they essentially got people to, with this is a trigger, feel the film, you know, like if you don't brush your teeth for a day or hopefully you don't go too much longer than that. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really anal about making sure my teeth are clean, but you don't have to brush your teeth for a day and you wake up and you feel that film. Well, they, they started this ad campaign to get people to feel that film and make them associate it with being dirty, with not being clean, with disease. And that got people to start buying toothpaste to brush their teeth. So for you, what is a trigger that can make people think about using your product that will actually make them use it? It's a very important one. The third is emotion. Now, you, with anything... We know that people buy based off emotion. They don't buy based off logic. It, we like to think that we buy based off logic, but typically we have an emotional experience. We make the purchase and then we justify it with logic. So it's all emotion at the core. So make it so that your product or brand evokes powerful emotion. Think about, I think a cool one is the Allstate commercials with that chaos dude who comes in and just fucks up everything, like <laughs> the most crazy scenarios. And then you, you look at what happened, but it's like, that's life. Like crazy things happen to us and it, it unlocks an emotion within you that are like, damn, I need to get insured. I need to make sure that I'm covered if anything like this does happen. And so it's things like that. It's like um, pictures, like if you've ever seen a commercial where someone coughs and they put that red light over the, the spit and all that shit that comes out when someone coughs and you see how far it expands right? It's it's stuff like that that gets you scared and or or can even be a positive emotional experience. A lot of Nike commercials are super motivating. Same with Apple's. One of their earliest campaigns, they inspired people to be different. It, it got that emotional hook in them to take action. And when you get that emotion, you connect with that emotion, people are going to be more attached to your product. They're going to be more likely to share it. So 
Think about ways that your product or brand or service or opportunity can evoke emotion. The fourth point is making sure that your product is brand, service, opportunity is public. So what can you do to make your product public? A lot of a lot of people have businesses and services that can be private, that are private. And this was a big thing for The Hustle Prevails for me, is I wanted a product that people would see. And what are people going to see more than someone wearing a, a hoodie, a t-shirt, a bracelet, whatever it is. And speaking of bracelets, a, a great example he used in the book is remember the Livestrong campaign and everyone, and I'm sure you're listening to this, you probably had a yellow Livestrong bracelet at one point or another. And in the beginning, they didn't really think like it would work. It was like a dollar for this plastic bracelet. They're like, who's going to buy these things? But one of the key things they did is they made those bracelets yellow. So by making them yellow, everyone, you can identify when you see a yellow rubber band on someone's uh, wrist, which still exists to this day, you think a lot of times about like you assume it's a Livestrong bracelet and that's what they did so well is they made it public and then they donated money which gave social currency you're part of uh, a cause bigger than yourself it's easily identifiable it's public so now more people are aware about it and more people will probably go out and actually purchase the product that simple so what can you do so that you're in the public spotlight you can build a business in private you can do that but if you have a product um or a brand, you want to be as public as possible. So get out there and figure out ways. What can you do? Can you change some colors? Can you create a product that's like people look at and that they look twice because they're confused by it um, or they haven't seen anything like that? What can you do? The fifth step is practical value. So what type of practical and specific value does your product have that encourages other people to share it? I thought about this as I was reading it and one particular um, industry or service that I'm always sharing with other people are is the knowledge and the services from my friends in the credit space. These guys, literally like what they teach, I think is so unique and so applicable and can change your life that I'm always paying their content forward. I'm always sharing their profile. I'm sharing their message. I'm sharing their courses because there, there's so much value in it and it's changed my life. I know it can change other people's. So when you have something of practical value, people are going to share it. Same with this with this podcast, with the book. I, I teach people how to be the best version of themselves in business, in life, how to get that mindset to a point where they can go and do anything. And what happens frequently is people repost this. They share it because it's something of practical, specific value. The book, it, it's always getting reposted. And it, it's it's no coincidence. If you're pretty much, and even if you have a brand, you can put out information relative to your brand. In the book, he talks about how Vanguard sends out these these emails that are very specific with financial information, uh, tips for taxes, all of that stuff. And when you do that, and it's specific, and people get practical value of it, they want to be cool, and they want to be the person who brought it to their friend that helped them. Because again, that goes back to social currency, which I think is one of the cool, like the biggest parts of this whole thing. But how can you provide practical value for people? And I think, uh, uh, before I move on to the next one, I'll say this. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make on Instagram and social media is they don't get specific enough or they don't really give value that is too practical for everyone. They, they do what they think they're supposed to or they, they start like mirroring other people. But it's like, be unique. How can you create something that's going to be practical that people are going to share? The sixth part 
is you got to make your brand, your service, your product, your opportunity, whatever it is, into a story. We've all heard facts tell, stories sell. Simple as that. You need to package your business, your brand, as a story that can be shared. I heard, and I don't even have a pair of these, but I've shared this story many times because it it it, uh, it hits home, I think. And that's of Tom's Shoes. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of Tom's Shoes or own a pair, but basically the company, for every single pair of shoes that they sell, they donate a pair to homeless people, people in need, third world countries. That's powerful. So now when people buy Tom's shoes, they're not just buying a shoe, they're buying a movement. They're proud to wear them because, and they're sharing with people like, oh yeah, when I bought this pair, a homeless person got a pair. So now because of me, I've been able to help the needy, right? And there's always a way, that's shoes, right? How do you make stories around shoes? There you go. With our health and wellness company, we always tell stories of transformation of other people, of ourselves, of where we started in the beginning, of where we are now. But packaging as a story, going back, will evoke emotion, right? And and that's what gets people to ultimately buy. It gives them social currency as well when there's a bigger piece of the, the cause than just them. So stories are really the way to effectively communicate what you're doing with all of these components combined that get people talking about you because we know that word of mouth is the most powerful form of advertisement. And these six steps are really excellent into tapping into that. So guys, in, uh, in conclusion here, six steps to viral marketing, social currency, triggers, emotion, public, practical value, and stories. And uh, like I said, I read this book and... I just thought that a lot of these points were really spot on and knowing it and executing it on it are two entirely different things, but being aware and knowing these formulas, if you attack them and keep refining, you're going to win in the long run. So with that, I'm going to wrap this episode up, but guys, I appreciate you. If you got value from what you heard today, you know someone who's trying to build a brand or take their business off the ground that is looking to take things to the next level. All I ask is share this with them. Make a post on your Instagram story. Pay this forward because ultimately our mission is to impact as many people as we can with this show to help people level up, become the best version of themselves, take their business to the next level. And ultimately, I look around like I'm recording this podcast looking out my window at just the Columbian Hills, the the lake, our beautiful pool, the landscape around us. And I just feel so blessed that I'm able to live a lifestyle like this and more people deserve to live it. And this is the stuff you need to learn in order to go out there and make it happen. And again, I always talk about it's a decision. Make the decision today to take the fuck control. Stop playing victim to your circumstances and use whatever adversity you've been through to your advantage to go out there and absolutely crush it in this one shot at life that we have. So with that said, guys, I'm signing off here. I love you all. I appreciate you all. And we will catch you on the next episode. Later, everybody. Right.